Good morning. Good morning. All right. Why don't we? Do the kids going to stay or go? They go. Don't we love little children here? They want candy bars. What is we're bribing kids to go to catechism? Is that how it works around here? Wow. What are we teaching our children? When you get Jesus juked by your own kid, it's not good. In public. All right, let's stand together. Father, we thank you uh, for the privilege of being able to worship together. We, we do thank you that you've uh, given us this facility, Lord, to, uh, as a uh, really a headquarters to uh, propagate your gospel in the community, serve the community. Lord, today as we hear testimonies about the work you're doing in us and through us and um, to uh, really communicate your love to, to those around us. I pray that your body would uh, be heartened, be encouraged, be built up. Um, we do pray that you'd provide, Lord, even touch hearts now for those to give generously to uh, take care of the, the building issue. I pray for the children to have hearts that are soft. Um, Lord, that your word would just be deeply planted in their souls. We pray that they would grow to know you and, more importantly, love you and serve you. And we ask it, Lord, in your name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, kids, if you have class, go ahead and hurry up. As you know, last week we uh, recognized the sanctity of life. This weekend we have uh, pro-life groups marching in Washington. I don't know if you've watched any of the coverage. Um, and so here at Liberty we like to spend usually more than a week, usually several weeks, talking about different life issues. Um, as I said yesterday at a Thrive event when I spoke, there's a difference between being pro-life and being anti-abortion. And I say this every year to remind ourselves that, that being pro-life is much bigger than simply saying, I think abortion is wrong. It's about caring for the poor. It's about the homeless. It's about the elderly. It's about all of those in need. And, and showing them the love of Jesus Christ. So um, we have a, what's called the Zoe ministry here, which is really an umbrella of several different ministries um, where we reach out and show the love of Christ to different, uh, different groups. And this is really an expression, just another expression, in addition to ministries like Thrive, of our pro-life commitment. So Lauren is our director of Zoe, so he's going to come up. And then we're going to have some uh, people share. And then I will come back and share briefly from the word. Let's welcome Lauren Maloney. <clears throat> Let me tell you a quick story, Pastor, about that candy bar. A few weeks ago, I confessed to my life group and asked for prayer that I would be emboldened because of my fleshly cowardice to share Christ with my Jewish neighbors. Last week after church, my son very resolutely, went marching right across the street, insisted, went right across the street, despite the fact that the lady across the street had already refused to take one of his Bibles one time, even though she's Catholic, and I have a good relationship with her husband. We meet and we pray and do different things. I said, Aaron, you remember last time? No, yeah, she, I don't know if she'll take it. Right over there, gave it right to her. Then he marches right across the other side to the Jewish, and Mr. Bob and runs with the gospel 
in his hand. I'm like totally humbled, rebuked, <laughs> challenged. I'm like, even if it's for the wrong reason, he wants a candy bar. Okay, I get that. <laughs> that's all we talked about, though. I got to get my candy bar. But that Gospel of John got, and that is going to be a bridgeway because I had not yet really approached the subject of spirituality with him yet. So I think, was that you, Justice? That was Justice. Uh, Zoe. Uh, can I pray first real quick? Let's pray. Father God, we ask that you would increase our faith, open our eyes, expand our minds to who you are today. We want to give you glory. Help us, Lord, to see you more as who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> the Zoe Project desires excuse me, to practically embody Jesus' mission expressed in John 10.10. 10, when Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Zoe Project, or ministry, desires to educate, involve, and empower the local church to live this mission of Jesus in a practical way. We call this life ministry. We want to build, support, and fight for life in every aspect. We believe that any attack on life, be it homelessness, labor, exploitation, sex trafficking, orphanhood, abortion, crime, or the like, is a call to action to the church, a call to live and give the abundant life that Jesus desires. Psalm 82.3, a popular verse. Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Psalm 37.5 tells us how to do that. So I'll read 82.3 again, and then I'll go right into Psalm 35. Defend the weak and the, and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do it. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but... Those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So we need to be, we need to open our hearts and our souls to be upset by this issue of things that are going on, abortion, exploitation, abuse. But not to the degree uh, that we demonstrate a lack of faith by fretting and it leads to anger and evil. So I was reflecting on why life issues are important to Christians or should be. One, we are made in the image of God. This is something you've heard before. But it struck me this time, actually I think my wife said it, that as far as I know, there's no explicit statement in the scriptures about uh, angels or animals or anything else in all of creation being made in the image of God. Only human beings are made in the image of God. When you look at Genesis 1, he says, let it be, let there be, let there be light, animals. Then he says, let us create human. But then Genesis 2, we get a closer look at some of the details where he actually says that he gathered up the dust, created man, and breathed life into his nostrils. Reminds me of the infant CPR classes, you know, that you have. Anybody had infant CPR? You just go over the nostrils and just breathe oxygen into them. That's what God did. But secondly, I wanted us to think something about a little more about something you may not think about so much when we think about 
why life and humans are special and why it's important to protect, and that is the incarnation. So let's put on our thinking caps. I did a little bit of research online, and I just think about the universe, think about stars, think about uh, supergiant stars, red dwarfs, the, any, the diameter of the observable universe. So if you went around the sphere that we know as the observable universe, this is obviously just an estimate, but around the observable universe, 92 billion light years. 92 billion. Now, a light year is 5.8 trillion miles. So to go around the whole known universe that we can see would be 92 billion times 5.8 trillion miles. There are also an estimated 2 trillion galaxies with 100 million stars in each galaxy on average. That's one with 19 zeros behind it. Imagine what kind of raw power it took to create a universe like this. If you believe in the Big Bang Theory, that kind of matter was compressed into a very small amount of space before it blew up. Now, our, our most powerful weapon is the is an atomic, or I guess it's nuclear bomb. We think that's pretty powerful. It's pretty wicked, but that's not even a drop in the universe, not even a drop in the ocean compared to the power of God and his creation. Um, now, that God knows this little infinitesimal speck of dust called Earth, that he knows that it's here, that's not remarkable because he knows everything. But that he is interested in this tiny speck of dust, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, let's look at the other direction, talking about the power of God. The smallest things, atoms, just trillions of those. Um, in, in each of your bodies, there's an estimated 37.2 trillion cells. 37.2 trillion cells. So, the God that created a universe that's up into the quadrillions of miles across, big, awesome, beautiful stars, the power that it took, the strength, that God became a human being. And, in fact, Jesus is still human, and Jesus is forever human. Forever human. There is no one like you, God. No other name be lifted high. <clears throat> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only angel. No, actually, I didn't read that way, right? His one and only dog, his one and only star. No, his one and only human son. Had a human nature, had a human body, and still does. I was thinking a little bit about the Jews, you know. I think Pastor Vaughn has mentioned many times that in America today, we probably tend to, to uh, not really think about Jesus' humanity so much because we talk about his deity a lot. I was thinking, though, that the Jews back in the day of Jesus, they had the opposite problem. They knew all about his humanity. I was thinking of John chapter 6, 7, and 8, where Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees, where he's just, just arguing with them, where he looks in their eyes and tells them, you are the father of Right in their face, you are the father of, your, of the devil. The devil is your father. And he ends that long discourse, which just builds and builds and builds. It's one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible, 
with the famous saying. They said, hey, are you greater than Abraham? And amazingly, he said back, before Abraham was, I am. Now, they freaked out. Stone him! The guy's crazy! Stone him! Heresy! I mean, we were there. We know Mary. I mean, maybe some of those folks were there when Jesus was born. What do you mean you're before Abraham? I was there. See, they understood his humanity. And they rejected his deity. God himself was standing right before them, and they rejected, they rejected him. In the beginning, John says, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And further down, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Think about what that means to human dignity, how special we are, how special you are with the God who made the universe and every cell in your body. He knows Every time a bird falls, he knows every hair on your head. He knows every cell in your body. He knows every cell on the earth that has cancer. He knows about it. He knows every atom in every cell. It's amazing what he knows. Think about what it means that he became a human. Not just for 34 years or 40, but forever. When we go up into heaven, we don't have all the details but we could be worshiping face-to-face with the human Jesus, with, the, with his humanity. We might be able to speak to him in English. It's amazing, astounding thought that God became man. It is a uh, doctrine that has been much attacked, belittled. Muslims think it's hilarious. And in certain sense, I can't blame them. It's absurd. So absurd, it must be true. Lastly, Philippians says, in your relationship with others, this is actually in a passage about humility, but in your relationship with others, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. Well, what mindset did Christ Jesus have? Who, that's Christ, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but rather made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, because he dignified and he loved humans so much. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, the God-man, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, God cares about human life very, very much, and so should, so should we. So we have several ministries here at Liberty to do that. Thrive, Coalition for Life, well, that's not actually our ministry. That's, we just have folks involved with it. Sunshine, Silver Cord, Children of the Promise. Today I'm going to speak briefly about uh, Ben. Ben couldn't be here. He's speaking of our churches this morning about Coalition for Life, and then Steve and Sandy and other folks will share. So briefly, Ben, the Coalition for Life, they have been very successful in their 40 Days of Life campaign. They have mobilized 
the church, like I can't remember the last time they've been mobilized. The Wilsons were down there. Um, last time we were down there, a lot of people down there praying and being a witness against that atrocity that's going on down there in the St. Louis Planned Parenthood. So they've been very successful. So I encourage you to get involved in that if you haven't or get involved again. Um, <clears throat> it's sobering, but it's good. Uh, also, I want to mention quickly, but they're, they're, they're kind of following a, a bill that's being sponsored in the city of St. Louis. It's Board Bill 203. It is a wicked attempt to silence the truth. The light, you know that passage in John, I didn't read the part where it says that Jesus was the light of every man. So they want to extinguish that light. They want to extinguish your voice. They want to extinguish the, the witness of Jesus Christ, just like I did before I was saved from St. Louis. So how they're going to do that? They're going to pass this bill that, for instance, would make it illegal for a Catholic hospital refusing to lease medical, would make it illegal for a Catholic hospital that refuses to lease office space to an abortion provider. It would make it illegal for a pastor of a pro-life church to demote or even fire a youth pastor who maybe was involved with an abortion, or maybe of his son or something, because it, quote, is an adverse employment action. And then you can read this bill. It's like 28 pages, but I mean, this is some of the stuff's right out of the bill. Now, here's a, here's a funny one. When I first read this, I was like, this can't be right. A mom or dad denying parental consent for their minor daughter to get an abortion. It would be illegal for them to do that because the parent would be, quote, interfering with any person in the exercise or enjoyment of or on account of his having exercised or enjoyed rights granted and protected by this ordinance. Now think about that for a minute. Parental consent. Forced parental consent. Isn't that a contradiction in terms? How can it be consent if it's forced? That's convenient. Anyway, so uh, my dad is always a man of action. He wants to know what we can do or what I can do. There's a list right down here that you can grab with uh, people's email addresses. You can email the uh, aldermen and folks and say, I oppose this bill. It's one thing you can do. You can also, of course, get involved in any of the ministries that you're about to hear about. So uh, next, I think, up is, is it Steve? Yeah, Steve. Come on up, Steve. All right. Good morning. So I'm going to talk about Sunshine Ministries. For anyone who's not aware, Sunshine Ministries is a ministry to uh, the homeless in the city of downtown St. Louis. They have a number, number of ministries. Um, in addition to the one we participate in, they have a, a summer youth camp for uh, kids. They have an ongoing ministry to uh, poor women and children. Um, down there, and uh, but the the part of the ministry that we participate in the most is uh, the homeless shelter for men down there. And what it consists of is they have a program where churches, individuals, other groups can come in on a regular schedule and uh, serve uh, a hot meal in the evening um, to the uh, to the homeless men down there. Um, they have beds they can stay in overnight, and then they get uh, a meal in the morning. And then I believe they give them sandwiches during the day. So it's a, it's a great safe place for the men to come. And they can, uh, we have um, services in the evening as well so that we can pray with them, talk to them, share with them. 
and share the love of Christ with them in addition to a meal. We also have, my favorite part is worship service where we, we get a chance to uh, praise the Lord with them, sing with them, fellowship with them. It's great. And then we, we usually have a message too. And so it's a chance for them to, um, a lot of these men um, have been, you know, abandoned in their life. They may have uh, had, you know, family members abandon them. They may have uh, had other people give up on them, and they may have given up on themselves at some point in their their life. And it's really a chance for us to, to come alongside them. And the church, you know, for the the other folks that come there, you know, night after night, to really come alongside them and show them that Jesus has not forgotten about them. Um, you know, Lauren mentioned the just amazing universe that God's created, and, and, and he still cares about us. And it's a, it's a chance for the church to reflect that, that Jesus hasn't given up on them. Jesus loves them, and Jesus still has a plan for their lives. And that I think that's very meaningful to them. So that that's a huge reason for us to be concerned and want to be involved and uh, participate in this chance for us to just really show the love of Christ, be obedient to um, you know our Savior in uh, in coming alongside these men. Uh, the the other thing is it it also is as you know the beauty of uh, the way that Christ works through the church is there's great things for us too. It's a it's a great opportunity for us to get out of our com- comfort zone. Go down and 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 you know do something that maybe we haven't participated in before. One of the things that I'd like to do this year is uh, back in October, Mike Smith gave his testimony down there, and, and it was really powerful. And I think it really connected with the men, and they really seemed appreciative afterwards. So I'd like uh, to encourage some folks to think about maybe you haven't given your testimony before in a setting like that, where you're talking to maybe thirty, forty people. It's it's a great experience. And it makes it easier to share your testimony after that. And so I would, I would encourage folks to think about that, pray about that. I know a lot of folks here have great testimony. And uh, it really is something that uh, God could use in a powerful way in their lives to hear someone speak you know, from their heart about uh, the change that Jesus Christ made in their life. So and, um, if anybody's interested in that, please contact me. We, we go every two months. So I've got some in mind to ask anyway, so, but uh, you might as well volunteer, so. <laughs> but but, but that's, that's something I'd like to do this year, and uh, just having seen the power of that uh, in their lives, and, and, and it'd be a good experience for, uh, for us, too. So, thank you. So my part of the Zoe ministry is orphan care, in particular, Children of the Promise and Keeping Children of the Promise Orphanage in Lagoset, Haiti, kind of at the forefront. Um, and so I, I want to encourage you, if you have not gone on their website and read about them, please do, because I think when you do, you will see why this is a unique orphanage. And you can also follow them on their Facebook page and Instagram if you do that, you can hear of their need, immediate needs that you can pray for. So I encourage you to do that. But I'm going to just very briefly share their three outreach ministries. Uh, one is their prenatal program for local women in villages right around there, rural 
area um, for their prenatal care, and they come, you know, during their pregnancy, and uh, and they have good nutrition. So that's one, and then they have uh, two nutrition programs for infants who are malnourished. One is a formula program. The other is um, a ready-to-use therapeutic um, food that's packaged. It's called the Mamba, and it has uh, it. It's locally grown, you know, peanuts, and it, and there's formula in it, but it's in a package, and they get all the minerals and nutrition that they need in that. And what is cool about that is that um, they use it, it's local, uh, put together in capation. So not only are the kids being helped, but financially, when they use um, local, you know, sources, they're giving them income. And so that's really great. And then uh, their third outreach program is their educational program. And in that, um, I don't know if you know this, but um, down in Haiti, 40% of a family's income goes to the um, tuition for their kids to go to school. And and um, the normal number of years that a child in Haiti goes to school is four years of education. And so what you can do is for $35 a month, you can sponsor a child, and it's a little over $400 a year for a child to be to get their books, their tuition, everything paid for. So you can sponsor a child through their education program. So those are the three outreach programs. And then, of course, they have the Admit Care program, and this is for severely malnutritioned and sick babies that are brought there. They they take uh, in children for three months, up to three months, and they get them back to health. And it is amazing to see the pictures of the babies when they're brought in and three months later when they leave, it is just amazing. And then, of course, they have the children who have been abandoned and are orphaned and who will be up for adoption. Um, right now they have about, I think it's 47 children. And I want to encourage you to do something. Um, what I do, and it just helps me remember, is I um, have committed to pray for Thrive five days a week, and every day I know Diane's working, I pray for Thrive. And then what I do, right after I pray for Thrive, I'm, it's brought to my memory, oh, children of the promise, because they're, they're so kind of in line with what they do at Thrive and what they do there um, at children of the promise. And so for me, it's really easy to pray for both of those right, you know, back to back. And so I would encourage you to do that. Um, right now, I think I shared just a few weeks ago that um, the Grace home, the couple who was the um, uh, house parents came back to the States. And so there are several little kids down there without house parents right now. So that is a, an a urgent need that uh, someone answer that call, some couple answer, answer that call. So you can pray about that. And then I want to say a huge thank you. I brought it just the last one we spoke about, a Haiti trip. 
up that they really needed um, some things made right away, some burp pads, and also I found out they needed some small dresses. And so six of the women here just really jumped on that that wagon, and we're almost done and ready to send cute little dresses and burp pads that have been made. And I want to say a huge thank you to you directly from Courtney, the nurse, and the two sets of house parents uh, for the dresses that they ask for. And so um, you are hugely blessing them, and I just uh, thank the Lord for that. Um, And so I just want to encourage you to um, pray for Children of the Promise because it is a huge ministry, and many people in that area come to the Lord through their work. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure where our next step is uh, with them. If we'll be going again, I know I will be. Uh, I don't know if anybody be joining me, but, um, you know, we just need to continue to pray for what we as a church need to do. And I will just throw this out there that when we get ready to send this package down, it costs $2 per pound to send it. So um, if God lays that on your heart, um, you can just let me know. Thank you. Also, I wanted to mention back um, on the Thrive table, we have some sign-up sheets. So if you're interested in any of the ministries you hear about today, sign up your name. Tell us how to get a hold of you. We'll contact you and get you information and get you engaged if you want to get engaged. Also, I wanted to thank um, all the ministry leaders for all their hard work and all of you for everything you do. Um, You know, sometimes I hear criticism about uh, anti-abortion people, that they're just anti-abortion and they don't do and. I don't even know how to respond to that because we've always been a church that we're given to, you know, mothers in need, we're raising funds, we're doing all kinds of stuff that's consistent with a pro-life um, position that goes far beyond just we don't want abortion. So I wanted to thank you for all the, the work that you do in the witness. It's terrific. Next up, Jamie for Civil Court. <laughs> So I feel way more comfortable standing down here than I do up there. So I kept debating, but this is where I am. So I am here to talk about Silver Cord. The person who actually heads up Silver Cord is Laura Dean. So she's just asked me to share a couple things that were on her heart too. So I'm going to do that. And then Jerry Stevens is going to come up in a few minutes and just share what Silver Cord has meant to her and her family. Just like we care for the unborn and we support Thrive and we support other ministries, There's the other end of the spectrum, which are the elderly, and we want to make sure that they don't go forgotten. Um, We have been serving at Garden View, which is right down the street off Veterans, for over 15 years. Um, Long before we started going there, my children have been involved and us involved since about the beginning, and it's a great ministry. Years ago, it was, from my understanding, um, lots and lots of homeschoolers, I guess it was mostly the homeschoolers were all involved in doing this ministry, I think through the ebb and flow of life, it's kind of died down a little bit. So we are looking for more people to be involved. So just as you're hearing things today, and uh, if anything lays upon your heart, I want you to really think about it, encourage you to consider being part of this ministry. Uh, We meet once, once a month on the second Friday of every month. I know in my calendar, it's on there, second Friday every month. I know it's coming. We meet from 10 to about 10.45, and then some of us will actually stick around and take some of the residents back to their rooms. 
Um, I know my kids like to push wheelchairs, so that's, I think that's part of the fun. Um, as long as they don't hit the walls, we're all good. So um, it is a great ministry that is not only just for the residents to be able to interact with the kids. It's for also our children to be able to interact with them. A lot of children are afraid of older people. They look different. Their skin looks different. Their hair is a different color. That's one thing that's just great that with the children that have grown up in this ministry, they're not afraid. Uh, I asked my children what they like about this ministry, and um, they really, Isabel told me that she enjoys being able to ask people about their lives, and that's really awesome. These people were born in the 1930s, you know, earlier, and they've been around a long time. They've been in different, they've served in the military different decades, and it's been great for them to be able to ask them questions about their life. And a lot of these people don't have people that care enough to ask them about their life. Where'd you come from? Do you have any children? Did you grow up around here? What was it like when you were a kid? Our kids enjoy asking them about these things. And sometimes kids don't have many opportunities to see older um, people. So that's been a great thing. The employees are also really impressed with our kids and how they interact with them. Um, the excitement levels that they have, and just how much the kids really show genuine love to them. And that speaks to the employees as well. So not only are the residents seeing Christ's love through our children and through the adults that come, but the employees are also seeing Christ's love. And they'll ask us, where do you go to church? And we get to share with the employees as well. Um, one of the things about, about uh, Garden View that's interesting is that we've kind of seen a shift, I think, in the residents, or maybe it's just how people are aging these days, is that a lot of it seems to be de- uh, dementia-focused or perhaps Alzheimer's-focused. So a lot of the residents don't understand everything that we talk to them about, but they can see our love. And it's great because even though they don't understand if we're talking to them about God, the employees do and the employees can see us and how much we love Christ, and we love um, them enough to come every month. Um, And the other thing to keep in mind is that, and I don't know if I mentioned it, is that many of these residents never see children. Um, A lot of them don't have family that lives close by. They're there because their family couldn't take care of them. And so by us having our children come there, children of all ages, even adults, it just reminds them that there is still joy in life. And there's just happy things that they can see all the time. They love, even if they can't interact with us, they love watching the children interact with one another. And so I just want to encourage you, if you have ever thought about coming, um, just come just once. We do different activities. We play balloon volleyball. We do little carnival games. We do, we plan activities about four times a year um, centered around the different holidays so that we can share verses that are pertinent to those holidays. And... Um, We sing songs at the Christmas time, and then once a year we do our annual Christmas giving bingo game, and the residents love it, just giving them little presents and just, you know, just showering them with love. So coming, yes. Well, you can't, but I will tell you some of these residents don't mess with their bingo card. It's serious. It's serious. (laughs) Susie was there um, in December, and it it was quite an interesting event. So you just don't mess with their bingo cards. Don't help them if they don't need help. Don't, don't do it. Um, so no, as of right now, we've had no money and nobody's given money. So um, I 
lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. So in two weeks, two weeks from this past Friday, so the second Friday will be our Valentine's Day event at the care center. So if anybody is interested in going, we just ask that the kids or you make little Valentines that just say either Jesus loves you or some kind of Bible verse just to share with them. So um, maybe 10 to 15 Valentines. So I'm going to have Jerry go ahead and come on up. Jerry and her girls have been coming for years. So, um, The first thing I was thinking about was, as I've been sitting here and listening to people is, um, <clears throat> you know, every year we have this, this time where we talk about um, different life issues and how we can be involved as in a church. And back when we first started getting involved in the Silver Court, I had a toddler and a baby, and at the time, just getting out of the house just felt overwhelming to me. Um, but, um, but I remember thinking at the time, whenever people would get up and share, thinking, you know, I just, um, I'd like to be able to help, but I just don't know, you know, how I can do that right now. And, um, but I just felt like the Lord was telling me at the time, you know, sometimes it's just the small things. And um, so for me, you know, it's very doable. Of course, just an hour once a month, obviously you can, you can do that. Anybody can do that. Um, so, um, so we started, you know, coming to that. And, you know, the other thing that I was thinking about as I was sitting here listening to Jamie talk about how a lot of these people, um, you know, they don't, they don't have family in the area and stuff. Um, since I have become a mom, I've realized how important family is. Um, I have some of my family in the area, and then uh, my husband's family is um, in South Carolina, and so we get to see them when we can and stuff. But I just know how much it means to me to be able to see my family and for my girls in particular, for them to see family. And so if it's important to me, how much more so um, would it be for these these people that, um, you know, they're alone. Um, they're a lot of times they're, they're by themselves. They may not have any family in the area. They may not have family that come and see them very often. And um, nobody wants to feel alone. Um, so um, for me, the I feel like being a part of this ministry, how it has impacted uh, me and my girls, um, uh, I just be able to enjoy just watching you know, their expressions on their face as we interact with them. And sometimes, you know, Jamie was talking about some of these people, they, you know, they've got Alzheimer's and they've got um, dementia. And so sometimes they don't understand you and stuff. But I think sometimes just letting them know that, you know, somebody cares about them um, means more than anything. And then for the girls, um, you know, it's it's always fun just watching the, how the residents respond to them, how they, they smile at some of their interactions and stuff. And um, it gives me a lot of opportunities to talk to the girls about the importance of valuing all life, um, talking to them about respecting our elders and um, honoring them, even if you know they don't understand us um, or they can't respond to us. Um, it gives me a lot of opportunities to talk to them. And um, I think that they are learning at an early age um, just how sometimes it's just the little things that um, you can do to minister to other people. 
Um, so I hope that um, more of you will join us. Um, I'm not always able to go every month and stuff, but I try to make it every month as I, if I can. And uh, I would encourage you to do the same. Thank you, Jerry. And I also want to thank the other families that have made a commitment to go over the years. Um, big shout out to Susie. Her with her three littles over the past year, she shows up with that double stroller and the kids, and now they're walking now. And it's, it is work to get out of the house, but it's just something that I know some of us have just made sure that we, we do go every month. I know we had to cancel a few weeks ago because we have sickness, and that's just one thing we can't bring into the care center. But it's nice to be able to know that every month they're going to see us. And I don't know if I mentioned it, we are the only group right now that goes to see them. So when we don't go, they don't see kids, they don't see visitors. So I do encourage you, think about it, if not next month, one of the other months. So second Friday of every month, 10 to about 10.45. And uh, if you have any other questions, just contact Laura Dean. Thanks. Real quick, I wanted to mention something. Um, my, my grandmother was in her 80s when she got saved. She got saved because God changed me and told me to go see her every single week for a year. Every week I went to see my grandmother. <clears throat> and I got a chance to share the gospel with her right before her dementia got serious. And she was crying when she received Christ. Her roommate was cussing at me and telling me to stop talking about Jesus. It was the freakiest spiritual thing I'd ever done. Pastor Vaughn's mother got saved late in life, so it's not too late. you know. So we can still make a difference. A lot of information to take in, right? I want to encourage you to talk to each uh, ministry leader if you're interested in Silver Cord. Talk to Jamie, uh, the Children of the Promise. Talk to um, Sandy. Talk to Steve about uh, Sunshine Mission. If you have questions, uh, some details were not covered, um, but talk to them and, of course, pray about how the Lord might have you um, be involved. Another announcement. Next Saturday is the local, meaning Jeff City March for Life. Would you pass these out? Thank you. So this is next Saturday. There's a list of various speakers there. Um, usually a group from Liberty goes down there. Uh, so we want to encourage you to prayerfully consider going there and uh, making a statement for life through this. Lastly, the um, last week when we talked about Thrive, we asked people to take a bag and then fill it up with, with just baby stuff. Baby stuff, you know, $100 bills, stuff like that. You know, baby stuff. Um, but if, if you look, I want you all to turn around and look, at the, look over there where the Thrive stuff is. See the window with the bags on the window? You're supposed to tear the bag off the window. See, I didn't know that. And some of you probably didn't know that you're supposed to take the bag, rip it off the window. Okay. So if there's only one, two, three, four, five, there might be one more bag on the table that's empty. Grab a bag. We need you to grab those. Then uh, we want them back when? Next week? Next week? Fill up with baby stuff. Gold, silver, all that stuff. Um, and then uh, you can bring those back next week. Um, because of time, you're not going to hear the great, great sermon I prepared today. Isn't that disappointing? 
That is what, so what that means is you have to come back next week. Okay? We start church at 10.30. Any question about that? 10, 10.30. All right? Um, and so you, you're, you're going to hear some, a, a great sermon next week. Now, God's kind of humbled me all week, and it's probably going to be terrible, but just for saying that. Um, but because of time, I think what I'd like to do is I'd like us to stand and spend a few moments praying together. And then I know that I need to hand it back over to Justice because they want to uh, conclude with uh, some, uh, an offering for the building. Let's stand. I'm going to pray. Um, tell you what, let's do this. If you're involved in any pro-life work, Thrive Coalition, any of those, would you come forward? Uh, if, any aspect of Zoe Ministry, Sunshine Ministry, Children of Promise, Silver Court, come forward. Come forward, come forward, come forward. All right, we're going to, let's pray for them. God's protection. If you've not noticed, there is a war out there. Okay? And there's, should I mention the thing? NARAL and Planned Parenthood are planning a major protest against Thrive. It's looking like it's scheduled for February 11th, which is a Saturday. And they're encouraging hundreds and thousands of people to go down to the city center and protest the very existence of a pro-life clinic like Thrive. So um, the, the anti-life forces are, are very aggressive. This is their, their, their uh, dying gasp, if you will. It's what's happening. But we do need to pray for protection because uh, this kind of ministry... Um, there's spiritual warfare around it. The devil uh, is a robber and a killer and a murderer. Jesus is the prince of life and abundant life. So we're standing with life and for life. Amen. Amen. We need to pray. Uh, so let's. I'm, I'm going to let a couple of you pray. I know. I'm, I think for time, I'm just going to go ahead and pray. I'm sorry. But I encourage you to keep all of these ministries and these people in your prayers. Let's pray a blessing over them. Lord, we thank you for those here, and there's others that couldn't be here today that are involved in, directly involved, not incidentally, but directly involved in pro-life work. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would empower them with your Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, that you would empower them with your love. We ask that you would empower them with your courage. We ask that you would put a hedge of protection about their minds and their hearts and their souls. We ask that you would make them resolute in their commitment. We pray that you would uh, bind back any spirit of fear, bind back a spirit of discouragement. We pray, God, that they would be bold as a lion. We pray, Lord, that they would be filled with the love of Jesus Christ, the light of Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus Christ. We thank you that your spirit dwells in them. We pray that he would hover over them. We pray this for all of those involved in Thrive Coalition, all the aspects of Zoe ministry, Lord, and we pray that they, their ministry would bear fruit and bear it abundantly. And we ask this for the glory of Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.